All right, jabronis, we're back. Hope everybody had a good week. I did. Pretty pretty decent week. A lot of, lot of stuff went on in the world, as I'm sure you've seen at least some of it. Probably just the, just the one thing, but a lot of stuff been going on the past several weeks. Um, so, you know, it's keeping the brain, you know, stimulated and busy. A lot of doom and gloom, a lot of crazy stuff. Um, but important, importantly, more importantly than the other stuff that you're seeing in the news and what they want you to think is important. I posted a video last earlier in the week. This is important. Tomato time 2022 has commenced. Okay, so I, if you if you weren't paying attention, go back to the video and check the update. The footage, the live footage of me in the LPDS basement on the compound here. It was the basement, you know, in the where the slaughterhouse gym for muscles is. Got the tomato seeds ready to rock and roll this year. Last year was tomato tragedy, and we're hoping this year is going to be, you know, a little bit more tomato success. So we got the seeds in early this year. Last year we started way late because I was, you know, in the trenches of warfare, modern-day D-Day. This year... Got them in early February. Got the seeds in in the nice fertilizer. Watered it to an optimal level. We got the UV light shining down all the time. Perfect optimal temperature control down there. Twenty four seven. I put a little bit of plastic wrap initially over the containers. So that it it holds the moisture in a little bit better, keeps it in that like that good sort of uh, rainforesty type of feel to really en enable the germination and the cultivation and the how you doings. So then once the sprouts pop out of the ground, we're gonna take the plastic wrap off and we're just gonna get back to business. We're gonna fertilize appropriately, use a little Epsom salt water. Put the bug, the bug and fly traps on there so that the bugs don't take, you know, take them down, take them out. And we're going to do everything we can to get these bastards to grow nice, ripe tomatoes so we could do tomato sauce, gravy. We could throw rotten tomatoes at people, have tomato fights. All the things that you would do when you're flush with tomatoes, that's what we're going to plan to do. That's what we're looking forward to this year. So stay tuned for that. Big news. Very happy and excited to start that journey again for everybody here. So I'll keep you apprised of that. What else is going on in this stupid, stinking world these days? Ukraine stuff. Not going to sit here all day and talk to you about the ins and outs and why it's all happening. I'll, you know, this is, by the way, this is not an unprovoked invasion i know everyone wants to just blindly believe russia's bad and they are bad people big vlad putin is a bad guy he's a top tier bad guy got it but shenanigans abound media shenanigans abound celebrity shenanigans abound instagram people all the all the regular idiots on instagrams and facebooks and twitters are suddenly once again foreign policy experts because the media told them to care about it, to be experts and to push opinions, uneducated opinions, mind you. So that's still going on. I don't know how many times we have to tell you here to just think about doing that shit before you actually do it. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Remember that saying for the rest of your lives. Just because you can 
doesn't mean you should. Okay, the Internet gave us a, a an incredible ability and power to to access unlimited amounts of information and to speak our minds and to put, and push our voices out there and to maybe educate and entertain people, do something of value for people out there on the interwebs. But what it did, what it does not do, and to no fault of its own, the internet is not the arbiter of censorship and what you should be saying or should be doing. It's just a, it's just an avenue for free speech and also education and entertainment and other stuff, self-treat. But what it doesn't do and what it shouldn't do is tell you how, you know, how to educate yourself, how to think and what to say and what not to say, because that falls on us as individuals. Okay. That kind of goes back to what we talk about in the big three. And it goes back to that saying of just because it can, doesn't mean you should. We are all adults. Just about everybody on the internet, on social media, are adults. You have to be at least a teenager, you know, almost an adult to, to get those accounts and stuff. Unless you lie about your age, which is really not difficult to do. But anyway, you should have that, that little bit of self-responsibility and self-accountability to, to think before you post. We are all stupid. None of us know the exact ins and outs of what's going on with Ukraine. But for whatever reason, we have no problem. Just stop. You know, we just put a pause on the mask shaming and the vax shaming and the COVID kill counts that the media is posting on their on their news feeds every hour. And now we've instantly become within days, instantly become foreign policy experts and of course, there's the, the the presidential administration, the Biden apologist out there to remind us that it's it's not his fault. It's somebody else's fault. There's always the finger pointers. And it's just it's just wild to me that this continues to go on by otherwise smart people. There are smart people out there doing this dumb shit. And I'm not saying I don't do dumb shit. I always do dumb shit. I'm a dumb guy, though. That's the key. I'm a dumb guy who does dumb things, and I wear it. And I take accountability for my dumbness. And I also don't pretend to be anything I'm not. I'm an idiot. I'm not going to sit there and give you my opinions on foreign policy and why this is all going on, because I don't, I don't know. I'm an idiot. You guys, some of you guys are idiots, too. So think about that before you go posting about what you think is going on and who you're going to blame and apologize for. It's a joke. Speaking of jokes, will the celebrities ever learn to shut their traps about anything that's important in life? I mean, talk about people not knowing, like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. They, never, they clearly have never heard this before. And the cluelessness just keeps on coming. Joy Behar, I don't know why she's still relevant. I don't know why anyone on The View is still relevant. They're, you know, an absolute joke. They're all comedians and actors that suddenly, because they have a camera in front of them and Barbara Walters started the show, now they think they're experts on everything important in life. When they didn't do anything to educate themselves on it, they just, they're just, again, spewing their opinions because they have the podium and the pedestal. They're doing it. Joy Behar is mad about Ukraine because it's it's further delaying her ability to go visit Europe 
and Italy and eat pizza pie and get womanized by the greaseball Italians out there. And it's really hurting her. And she said this on live television. Unbelievable, like cluelessness going on over there. And if you think it got any better, it doesn't. Because there's that other idiot, that B-list actor, Annalyn McCord, who decided it would be a great idea and very important and much needed for this world to have her record herself reading a poem she wrote as if she was Vladimir Putin's mom. If I was your mom, I would, you know, yada, 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 whatever the poem is. Now, if you don't know who Annalyn McCord is, there's a reason for that. She's an actor who sucks at acting and is, uh, must be relying on something else. Looks, maybe she has an influential like mother or father, or maybe her brother or sister are successful and she's riding their coattails. I don't know what it is. She's a B-list actor. I know her from Hallmark Christmas movies as the not really the greatest of all them on all the, uh, for all the movies in comparison to all the actresses. And she's really just sullying the reputation of the Candace Cameron Burrells, the Lacey Chabert's, Gretchen Wieters from Mean Girl, the Danica McKellar, Winnie Cooper from Wonder Years. All those top tier Hallmark Christmas movie actors, she's just sullying the reputation. And it just gets worse with this Twitter poem that she posted. This is probably the most popular she's been, though. So this has to be the reason why she's doing it. Because it's one of the more tone-deaf things clueless, tone-deaf things you're going to see. As if we didn't learn enough from Gal Gadot's little imagined sing-along with the other celebrities during the beginning of COVIDs. With a backlash they got on that. I guess this chick wasn't, she wasn't paying attention. She was too busy preparing her poem to realize like what an utter failure that was. And then she stood by the poem. She stood by it. Just completely clueless and tone deaf. Just thinking this is what needs to be done. This is what the Ukrainian people need right now. This is what the world needs is to understand that I, my ego is so much bigger than my human soul, my personality, my physical being that I could guarantee you if I was Vlad Putin's mom, none of this would happen. None of this. Me, a B-list actor who was in one decent Hallmark Christmas movie, Feliz Navidad. And it was decent at best. It wasn't even that great. It wasn't even top 10 of this the past three or four years because she's not that good. But if she was Vlad Putin's mom, things would have been different. This would have never happened. Ukraine would never be suffering. As if she even knows what's going on out there to begin with. Just because the media is telling her what's, you know, what's important, this is what you need to think about and how you need to think about it, and that's it. That's why she did it. There was no, she, she didn't care about what was going on months ago. And I, I say this all the time, the Uyghur Muslims, when, when the fascist dictatorship China was hauling off an entire religion and race of people, Nobody cared about that. The media told you don't care about it. It's not a big deal. The White House said it wasn't a big deal because China's our pals. Meanwhile, China is collecting and carting off an entire 
religion of people, forcing them into trains and carting them off into work camps. Gone. Undisclosed location, gone. Doing work for zero dollars. And that's it. They just clean their hands and they move right on along with life. And nothing. nobody said anything about that. And I guess she doesn't care to be Xi Jinping's mom at all. Had no desire to do that. As if we forgot what happened in World War II the last time that some one country carted off an entire race of another people onto trains into camps. And if you and if you don't know, you should because there's a damn World War II updated new documentary every hour on the hour on on regular cable TV. And how do I know that? Just go to my parents' house on the weekend to the Libretti Nut House. Because if my mom, Crazy Carol, is not there watching a Tom Selleck Blue Bloods marathon, my father, you bet your ass, he's watching the latest and greatest World War II and Living Color documentary to make sure he gets the latest news updates on what happened on a war 60 years ago, 80 years ago, whenever it was, in the 40s. And they talk about it there. But what China did, no big deal. We don't have to talk about this. We'll tell you what's important in, in the world and what's not. Meanwhile, you got you got CNN, Fox talking about Ukraine and other nonsense, sweeping the Uyghur thing under the rug. MSNBC, by the way, speaking of of what they think is important, they had Hillary Clinton on this week. Okay, days after. They killed and suicided Jean-Luc Brunel. If you haven't seen my LPDS update video, go check that out on what happened with that guy and his involvement in the Epstein sex pedo island sex trafficking ring. Days after that suicide, they have her on. I mean, what are they asking her? Like how she feels about getting away with it again? Oh, yeah, I feel real good at this time. You know, we learned our lessons from the Epstein thing. We really made sure that those cameras, there was no chance they were going to record anything. It went off without a hitch. And we got a really good deal on paying off the guards. So they're not even going to get tried or even questioned like the last time. So I feel real good about this fake suicide. Thank you for asking. By the way, Ukraine is Trump's fault. That's what she said. She blamed the previous administration for the current situation going on right now. Again, wild shit going on in the world where people are bitching about not being able to go to Italy because of Ukraine, apologizing for the current administration, blaming somebody else, pointing fingers. It's just absolute circus act. Absolute circus act. And I got another thing for you, Annalyn McCord. If you were Putin's mom right now, you'd be dead. Because Putin's mom is dead. The guy is like 70 years old. You think his mom would be alive? If you were his mother, you would be dead. You wouldn't be around to give him a hug to prevent this tragic invasion, this unethical, immoral invasion. You wouldn't be around to save, to save him from that. You'd be dead. You'd be dog food for the KGB canine unit, just like his mom probably was. So what the hell do you think you were going to do if you were his mom? And why do you think you have the capability to do it when his own mother couldn't freaking do it 
you dizzy, dopey bimbo. And why don't you want to be the mothers of any of our corrupt politicians and shitbag leadership in this country? The senators and congressmen who are bailing out on voting and doing their job for no other reason, just because they don't like what, what they have to vote on and do. And they have no, they, they just admit it. I didn't show up to this vote because I didn't want to. You don't want to be there, moms? The, the, the garbage leadership we had for decades and decades in the government. How come you don't want to be any of their moms, Anna Lynn McCord? They didn't have bad upbringings either. Most of the current politicians and the corrupt people that are leading this country, they had good upbringings. A lot of them were trust fund babies. Good mothers took care of them. Made sure they had roofs over their head, food, water, toilet. You don't want to be there. And they still ended up being corrupt. You don't think you could have helped them? Why does your ego think you could you could have helped Vladimir Putin, one of the all-time great dictators and bad guys. He's he's a top 10 bad guy in our lifetime. You could help him, but you can't help these other assholes that are running our country into the ground. Give me a break. Do us a favor. Work on your craft. Work on acting. Because you suck at that as it is. You want to go suck at something else too? You want to go suck at being someone's mom? Was this your audition tape for clueless ass clown role in the next Hallmark movie? I guess you nailed it. Maybe you are a good actor. Holy shit. Are you, you should be embarrassed. And the fact that you doubled down and defended yourself over it. What a joke. What an absolute joke. This whole situation, the past several years, has been a complete circus act. And whoever's filming it, whatever company is filming this, and making money off of Bravo. The Truman Show has got nothing on this. The aliens are watching over us laughing. Tuning in every night. This is the this is the best, most ridiculous entertainment show, reality show on Earth. On the universe. In the universe, you moron. Not on the universe. All right, let's step into the cage. Okay, let's run. Today's Into the Cage segment is proudly sponsored by Acme Trick Bras. From the creators of the Acme Anvil and Acme TNT comes an all-new gag gift for your significant other that they will love. The Acme Bra comes equipped with a hidden voice box for you to record whatever funny message you want on there. Then when the built-in sensor detects that your gal is in a public area, the voice box is activated and your gals gals will cry out to the world whatever message you recorded. So to get the Acme Trick Bra before April Fool's Day, April Fool's Day, how you doing? Visit www.cacklingcleavage.com and use the promo code BELLOWINGBREAST for 2.9% off your first trick bra. Very funny gift, gentlemen and, and ladies with other ladies, significant others. If you want to, to lighten the mood, there's no better gift right now in 2022 than an Acme Trick Bra. Get the gals cackling and get your friends laughing. Go check it out. 2.9%. All right. Cage fact. Quick one. 
a little update. We have discussed in the past some of Nick Cage's previous tax issues and, and money you know, problems and what he was doing to remedy that. Well, positive update. As of 2021, Nick Cage's net worth is now $25 million. I do not have an update on if he's uh, paid off all his debts yet, his tax stuff, or if all that net worth is liquid. It's probably not, but he's in the he's in the the red again. Is it the red or the black? I don't. I'm not a stock guy. I'm an idiot. So I do. Is it the black? Is that the good? He's in the green. He's good again. Seems to be good again in the positives. That's got to be black because Black Friday came about when they said because they, they, they make all their profits on Black Friday deals. So in the black, he must be in the black again. Um, so good for him. Uh, I know you guys were worried for a while there, but he's been making some bangers the last couple of years. So he deserves it. All the best to him and his continued success. Very excited for the upcoming films soon to be uh, released. The massive weight of uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent coming out soon. Maybe it's April this year. And then April of next year, it sounds like, is when Renfield's going to come out where he's a Dracula vampire. So very exciting stuff. All right. That's the cage fact. Moving on over to the junction. We'll spin the logo up. We're talking about cartoons today. Keeping it light. Keeping it fun. Just like the rest of the rest of the, the world's reality TV, keeping it light and fun and silly. Wanted to, I wanted to get your ideas or, or your your favorite cartoons as kids, what you like to watch as as youths, uh, and what gave you you know gave you that childhood pleasure or whatever you want to call it. Don't say that. That's that's weird. We're gonna clip that and, and remove that from uh, strike that from the record. What you guys enjoyed watching as youngsters, cartoon-wise, and we got a lot of different ones, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to read them off. I mean, it's there's a lot, and I don't really know how to navigate through this because I haven't watched all these cartoons as a kid, maybe one or two times for some of them. But uh, there's some themes in some of them. Uh, some what some of the people like to watch, for instance, this one guy right here. He liked Courage the Cowardly Dog, Johnny Bravo, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Animaniacs, Dexter's Laboratory. Those are all like Cartoon Network style uh, cartoons. All good stuff. I've actually seen pretty much all of those. Um, I'm pretty sure Courage was also on. Uh, he might have been Nickelodeon, but Cartoon Network for, for the rest of that stuff for the most part. Uh, and those were all shows that I watched when I was like a slightly older kid, just before junior high school, like late elementary school, as I got a little bit older, pretended to be a little bit tougher. Uh, those were the kind of the shows that I started watching as well a little bit. Um, we got some other stuff that this this guy and his wife, they run the gamut in different types of, of shows here that they like different cartoons. They like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the, the classic that should be universally like that was an unbelievable cartoon. Uh, Street Sharks, very well known and popular. Gargoyles, also good. McDonald's back in the day when Gargoyles came out and was popping, McDonald's had a Happy Meal that you could get the Gargoyles toy in there if you were lucky. 
you were either going to get the 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 girls toy, whatever that was at the time, or the gargoyles. And it was like you could perch it up on on ledges as if you were in the show. You know how they would perch up on ledges and then come to life. And I don't actually remember what the hell they did. Did they solve crimes or did they just come to life and and dick around with each other? I don't remember. But it was a good show, a popular show, popular enough for McDonald's to have the happy meal for it. So that was pretty cool. Uh, this guy also liked Recess, the show Recess, which was wildly popular in the feedback. Admittedly, though, I have not really watched it. Maybe I've seen one episode. I don't remember it that much. I just remember it being wildly popular, and I was not a part of it, mainly because, again, I'm a dumb loser, and I'm okay with that. I'm not like trying to self-deprecate here. I know what I am. I'm very confident in what I am. I was a loser as a child, as a young kid, and I'm okay with that, too. I had different focuses in, in, in that time frame, and Recess wasn't one of them, the cartoon anyway. Real Recess, different story. Uh, what else we got from this guy? Magic School Bus. This is more uh, from this, this fellow's wife. So that's very educational. I like that show. We used to watch it sometimes in school because it was an easy way for a teacher to be hung over the next day, but also make sure we're learning some shit in there. So I like that. Uh, Arthur was another popular one amongst other people as well. I watched that a few times. I really more so read the books in school. Uh, you know, loser, dumb loser. That's what happens. You do. You read. You read the books, and you think that's better than the cartoon. Whatever. Uh, another one here: Stone Protectors. Never heard of it. In fact, I had to go and look it up to see what it's all about. I didn't have time to do that this week because of all the madness going on. You know. I had to keep watching Adeline in the court's poem, but stone protectors. It sounds awesome. So this guy right here, whatever, wherever, whatever channel you watched it on, however many seasons, you got to give me the info. Fill me in on, on what stone protectors was about because it sounds great. What were they protecting? Like gems, diamonds, just rock quarries. Were they stones who came to life and were also protectors? of other, other people or something. Sounds great. And then the other one that these people liked was Batman, the animated series, which is again, a wildly popular series based off of the comic book. Uh, it's a big time series and they've had spinoffs of it and, and continuations. And I think there's still Batman cartoons going on. That's, you know, were spun off of that original Batman series. So good shit right there. Uh, this guy right here liked what seemed to be more of like half Nickelodeon and half, uh, I don't know, a, a more adult themed. So Rugrats and Doug Funny, Nickelodeon, no doubt about it. And then he liked The Simpsons as well as a kid, which Simpsons is great. I wasn't really allowed to watch it as a kid because it was like an adult themed cartoon. It was a cartoon, but it was really just an adult show that was just made into a cartoon. And it was like one of the first of its kind uh, before, you know, South Park and then Family Guy and all the other ones came in and uh, flooded the market with it. But um, another thing this guy liked was Spider-Man. Now, again, I like Spider-Man the movies. I like Tom Holland as the best Spider-Man. I'm not a fan of Tobey Maguire. I'm sure he's a nice fella, but I don't like him as an actor. Um, I never remember watching the cartoon. I don't remember that there was even a cartoon. I remember the comic book, 
but I'm just blanking on the cartoon whatsoever. But I'm sure for this guy, it was pretty entertaining because it was one of his favorites. He listed it as such. Uh, so good on him for that. Uh, and this guy is, is a guy who who clearly likes, uh, you know, dressing up in tights and doing some sort of karate or judo or self-defense thing because uh, he likes Spider-Man and he also liked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that's also what they did. And then if you think about what Doug Funny did, he dressed up in his underpants and a belt, an erotic asphyxiation belt around his head and played Quail Man. So this guy's clearly got a theme and whatever entertained him as a kid, you know, good on him. All right, well, let's keep going down the list here. I got the list on my uh, my computer, so that's what I'm looking at for all you guys in YouTubeville. This guy right here, I feel bad for him, but I also uh, you know respect the hustle, I guess you could say, and, and the upbringing, if you will, the blue collar upbringing. This bastard didn't have any cable, so he couldn't watch much shows at all. Uh, so he was only able to watch Arthur if he was on regular, you know, the regular eleven channels. Or Wishbone, which on the technicality is not a cartoon, but I'm going to allow it for this discussion because this poor bastard, he didn't have any cable. Okay, so he was either going to have to watch Oprah, Jerry Springer, or Wishbone and Arthur. So he had to make it work, adapt or die. That's why this guy is still around in the junction today because he, he followed that that tried and true LPDS lesson of adapt or die. He figured it out and I'm glad he's still around and he's a, a real strong, a strong guy for it. A, a really a top tier guy for that. So thank you for your input there. We got another guy here. He put Rugrats, um, but he didn't say if he watched the Rugrats or liked it. All he did was tell us that his current dog that he just purchased I don't know if he purchased or adopted or stole. He got a dog. Okay. And the dog's litter, the you know, the whole family from where he got this dog from, they're all named at originally after Rugrats characters. Uh, so you know, Stewie, Chucky, Rugrat, uh, Grandpa, uh, what was the, Angelica and her doll, uh, Mitzi. That's not her name. What the hell was the doll's name? Shit, it had the spiked weird hair, the, the hair ripped out. She was a hot mess. She looked like a dime store hooker. Oh, I forgot her name. Damn it. It's going to haunt me now. God, what was her name? Damn it, damn it. Cynthia, that's it. I didn't look it up. I just thought of it now. I didn't look it. I didn't pause the recording to look it up and then come back. I promise you I didn't do that. I just knew it in this brain. It's so smart. Did not look it up. Cynthia was her name. Anyway, this guy posted, you know, put up Rugrats because of the dog thing. And then he also liked uh, Road Runner, which is Looney Tunes, which is, again, a wildly popular, you know, uh, series of cartoons. But he liked the Road Runner one specifically. Uh, he was a little bummed because it wasn't on much. But way back in the day, it used to be on a lot on TNT. Uh, before TNT, pretty much exclusively just started uh, doing adult TV shows and uh, garbage movies um, and copying TBS with the Christmas, you know, uh, Christmas story marathon each year. Uh, they used to play Looney Tunes cartoons during the school nights and on weekends. Uh, so Bugs Bunny, Road Runner, um, Yosemite, all, all the all the greats. So he liked the Road Runner the best. And uh, he looks like the Road Runner. Now, this is a guy who. 
He's a cat. So he's got nine lives, but it's similar to the Roadrunner, not just in the fact that they survive all these attacks from others because of the nine lives, but he also kind of looks like a Roadrunner. Roadrunner kind of resembled a wet cat kind of look. And that's what this guy who is a human cat kind of looks like. Uh, so it makes sense why he would like the Roadrunner over Wiley Coyote in that cartoon. I happen to side with Wiley because in no reality would this would would somebody work so hard and create these actually like logically planned out and built booby traps and schemes. And 100 percent of the time they fail when they're supposed to succeed. That's not that's not correct. And I feel bad that they just have to they just kept writing him in as a failure and a loser and a nobody. So I always sided with the coyote, uh, even when he fell off the cliff and died on impact every single time. Poor bastard. Anyway, we're just going to keep rolling. Uh, we got a lot of other shit. Scooby Doo was a big one. A lot of other people wrote recess uh, people with Looney Tunes. So Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Yosemite, Elmer. Pig. What the hell is his name? Porky, Porky Pig with the stutter. So a special needs cartoon character that was pretty ahead of their time with the Looney Tunes folks. Um, what else we got? A lot of people put uh, like older old school stuff like Animaniacs was in there. Um, I think we talked about that previously. So a lot of people put Animaniacs, Tiny Tunes. I saw a couple of them. Uh, one one person wrote that she didn't like cartoons as a kid. She watched soap operas with her mom. That's wild to me. I mean, I've look I'm no stranger to a Susan Lucci or a General Hospital episode here and there. But to only watch soap operas as a youth and no cartoons whatsoever. I mean, that's a tough upbringing. I almost rather live without cable than have the mindset of I, I would prefer soap operas. That's, you know, good on this person. You know, she's a she's a fitness uh Consulieri, what do they call it? Uh, a personal trainer. Uh, so she's doing just fine. She's tough as nails and she made out OK, but that's a tough upbringing. Only I mean, have you watched a soap opera ever? It's out of control, absolutely out of control. People dying and five years later, finding a way to come back to life. People sleeping with everybody else, everyone's sleeping with each other. Kids are sleeping with with parents or sleeping with ghosts or sleeping with vampires. It's wild. And to be brought up in that world and where they try to portray it as real life, at least cartoons, you know what you're getting. You're getting a, a bald idiot hunter trying to shoot a, a talking rabbit. We know that's fake. OK, you don't have to worry about your kids growing up to be violent gun extremists or murderers or TNT enthusiasts who want to blow up dynamite and kill animals after watching cartoons because they're so unrealistic. and so obviously fake. No one's ever going to get me, you know, misconstrue the two. But if you watch a soap opera, you think, yeah, maybe if I fell off uh, that elevator and it hit my head, I could get a brain transplant from my twin and be, and be revived. All that is in the realm of possibility in a soap opera. So it's a very dangerous game as a parent to bring your children up in soap operaville. So good on her for making it out alive and being okay. 
Now, I saw a couple other ones that uh, they're more of the Disney flavor that I was into as well. Um, we got Tailspin, Goof Troop, Chip and Dale. All Disney, cartoon animals, doing some pretty cool stuff. Tailspin was great. It was about a you know a flying bear and his shenanigans that they did with a sweet little airplane. Uh, it was like a P thirty eight or something like that. I don't know exactly what it was, but it was a it was a, a pretty cool bird and a good show. Goof Troop was awesome. Single dad trying to raise a kid. He's got that fat bully neighbor, not Bluto, whatever his name was. Um. Trying to you know raise his preteen kid and, and the shenanigans that they get into, and then also the goofy movie. I'm sure everyone has seen that. It's an incredible movie. It's a childhood classic. They go on the road trip, single father and son. They got Paulie Shore playing the uh, the cheese whiz guy, Leaning Tower of Cheese. Remember that dude? It was pretty much Paulie Shore just playing himself, only in cartoon animal form. Killer. Sasquatch made an appearance in it. Those crazy possums in that possumville. It was supposed to be like a Charles cheese, except with possums. Wild. Goof Troop was great. Chip and Dale also great. A real cool thing about Chip and Dale, besides the lessons you learn in the action pact and all this other stuff, was that they were dressed as Indiana Jones, who was... uh, Harrison Ford, and then Magnum P.I. with the Hawaiian shirt and Tom Selleck. And, you know, Crazy Carol was very happy and pleased to know that I was pretty much watching a Tom Selleck show because, you know, Chip and Dale was dressed like him. And I used to love that show. I remember one of the, the most eye-opening lessons I've gotten in my life came from that cartoon. It was the it was one of the episodes where they're going after Fat Cat, who is the the constant enemy in Chippendale's world. He was a fat cat, and it was also uh, metaphorical for he was the big time rich guy, super billionaire type, a fat cat, if you will. So both figuratively and literally, he was Fat Cat, and he would have his henchmen go out and try to get Chippendale and do this and that, and they would always fail. And he said something in this one episode, I'll never forget it to the day I die. And he said, if you want something done right, do it yourself. And I know in reality, you want to make sure you can rely on your team to help you with stuff and your family and your friends. And it's all well and good. But that always hit home that I I use that as sort of like a stepping stone to try to be as independent as possible. Now, do I get help from people all the time? Constantly. I'm always requiring help from people and trying to learn from their expertise and their experience and what they can do and what I can't do. But I also try to put myself in a position to where if I have to, I can do it myself just in case I don't have a team around me because Fat Cat in that twisted, crazy way somehow translated a lesson into me as a, as a child and it's stuck with me ever since. So I got a special place in my heart for Chip and Dale and even the fat cat because of that lesson. Now, some of the cartoons that I also enjoyed that were, I'm actually surprised were not mentioned at all by anybody. And it's like, I almost feel like what the hell was I doing in my childhood? What the hell was I watching? What, what did I miss? Why did I miss the others? But Garfield was huge. 
I think we've talked about this in the past on how my grandfather, my mom's father, Al Scalingi, rest in power, would record Garfield cartoons on TV, on the VHS. And then well, every time we would come over to the house, we would get Ritz Bits crackers with the cheese or the peanut butter. And then we would sit on the floor on their olive green, olive drab carpet and watch Garfield reruns on the VHS or Yogi Bear or any of those cartoons like that. So Garfield, big time in my in my uh, in my favorites list. Um, Tex Avery cartoons, Droopy, uh, the Tom and Jerry, those style. Those were I love those as well. We used to watch those all the time. In fact, there was one of those Tex Avery cartoons. It was I forgot the name of it, but it was called like figuratively speaking or something like that. And it was really just this guy was telling a story and he was using all these like pawns and figures of speech. But the story like the cartoon was showing them as literal. So like when he would say, oh, it was raining cats and dogs last night. Let me tell you about it. And they cut to the scene from last night of him outside with cats and dogs falling from the sky. It was creative as a kid. It was really funny to see like, oh, my God, it's really cats and dogs. But just the creativity behind it was, again, something I'll never forget as a cartoon. Uh, and Tex Avery always had a lot of those with the droopy cartoons and the Tom and Jerry's and those little more like old school types of, of, of cartoons because those are old. Some of that shit is way old, uh, but we still watched it. Um, some other ones that people didn't mention. Rocco's Modern Life. Ren and Stimpy, Beavis and Butthead. Even though I put, I watched a little Daria in my later years as a as a kid. All these cartoons, awesome. All of those too are also cartoons that were really made for like the older older kids and young adults. I mean, Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco, his job was a sex hotline operator. What about the driver? He did sex hotline. Beavis and Butthead. I mean, all they wanted to do was do sex. Daria was about some dark emo kind of style chick. Not really emo, but like, you know, depressed teen. Ren and Stimpy. Wild stuff. Remember that there was the one episode it was called Ren's Peck. And and rent it was pretty much like rent taking steroids so he could get big like these all these buff guys at the beach who were picking up chicks he wanted to also pick up chicks so he started taking steroids he got big so <laughs> wild stuff other cartoons I watched that I guess were not popular and I don't know if it's we watched them because my father put them on on the weekends these were more like Sunday morning cartoons not Saturday morning but Sunday morning. Uh, and these was a couple of these were on HBO Tintin. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that. It was a cartoon about this, this young kid, uh, in like London or something. And him and his dog would solve crimes. And he was like a young, like sleuth, if you will, like a, like a little super sleuth. And he would go around with his dog. It was like a, a Jack Russell Terrier and they would go and solve crimes. Old show. I think they made a movie out of it years later, but I never saw the movie. I don't remember. Um, another one about elephants, royalty elephants, like a royal family of elephants cartoon called Babar. We used to watch that on like Saturdays or Sundays as well on HBO. And it was like not really highbrow, 
but it was definitely not like silly, stupid, like some of the other cartoons that I liked. It was more of a like, you know, a more mature childhood type of cartoon about these royal this royalty of elephants or whatever it was called Babar. Um, other shows, Darkwing Duck, another one not mentioned. Anything, by the way, anything Donald Duck related, I watched. So cartoons about Donald Duck, anything that looked like him, Scrooge McDuck cartoons, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, I watched them all. Anything Donald Duck, I'm a big Donald Duck guy. He's a top-tier duck. And I feel, and he gets a bad rap too. You think Wildy Coyote gets a bad rap? Go investigate Donald Duck. That poor bastard's been getting it up the ass from Mickey and the Disney characters for decades now. So I love Donald Duck naturally for that. And then the other one that I watched, it was maybe it was four total episodes. I just remember it very distinctly. It was on Comedy Central, it was called The Critic. And it was John Lovitz was playing essentially himself, almost like a, a cartoon version of himself, who was a movie critic. And the cartoon was about his life as like, I don't know if he was a single dad, but he was a dad. And he was also a movie critic. And he had his own show, like a Cisco and Ebert type of show where he reviewed movies. And it was all fake movies. Like one of them was um, like Home Alone 50, where, where Kevin McAllister is Home Alone. And he's like 23 years old. And then one of them was my favorite. He was reviewing a movie called Edward Plunger Hands. And it would they cut to the clip of, of, of Edward. And he's sitting there with the plungers in the toilet. And he's just plunging away. And he just stops and he looks at the camera and he just goes, Somebody kill me, please. <laughs> just really funny shit. That sort of type of humor, that weird, unique, kind of off the wall humor that losers like me really enjoyed. Uh, and I, I'm a big John Lovitz guy as well. He's, he, you know, he's a top, he's a top guy in my book of comedians and funny guys. So, uh, that's what I liked. So that's pretty much it. Now, if you're sitting here thinking like, wow, we finally got a show like this idiot couldn't figure out a lesson in all this, you would be wrong. Okay. Because there's always a lesson in all this, no matter how silly and stupid you want to get. There's always a lesson. The lesson here is to never lose your like childhood memories and the, and the childhood joys you got as a youngster, those simple pleasures in life. Because as I'm going back and, and reading through the list here and, and remembering all the good times I had as a kid with my brother and sister or my friends or my parents and grandparents watching cartoons and being silly and stupid and the things that happened and what I learned from that those those shows or what you know what you didn't learn it's unforgettable stuff it's timeless memories unforgettable lessons that helped shape you and who you are as an adult and what your sense of humor is now and you never want to lose that shit gets dark sometimes in the world folks i got news for you you've seen most of you have seen it i know i have shit gets dark out there OK, don't forget right now, as we speak, the president of Ukraine is strapped up again out to the front lines to go to go help protect this country. Against Vladimir Putin, who would not have been a bad guy if Annalyn McCord was just his mother all those years ago. She was born in the right era and she did sex with Vlad's father. None of this would have happened. But now it's happening and we got some dark shit we're dealing with here. 
And then there's a lot of dark corruption going on in our own country with the politicians and the Clintons and the sex trafficking that people are sleeping under the rug and all the other bad stuff. Shit gets dark. I, I get it. And there's a lot of tough, serious shit going on in your regular lives as well. Whether work is go, you know, serious and stressful or family stuff is tough. Whatever it is, we already know it's going to be there. But don't forget about the simple pleasures, the little childhood enjoyments you had watching these cartoons and the escape from reality that you can enjoy, even if it was 30 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, whatever it was. Never forget that and understand that you can still do that. You can still find your little mini escapes. Now, I'm not saying you sweep your problems under the rug and you just forget, ah, they're gone. No problem. No problems here. They're swept under the rug. No, but you need to take some time to step back from the dark stuff and the tragedies and the and the the shit storms going on. And that's what you do when you when you step back, you take those breaks, you get back to the simple pleasures of life. Sometimes you watch stupid cartoons again to bring you back to your childhood memories, whatever it might be. Whatever cartoon it was, whatever reason why you liked it or didn't like it, whether you learned something, it was just stupid, silly fun. And it was a chance to get at, you know, to escape reality for a little bit to give you that break, that stress break, that comfort break, whatever you want to call it. Never forget that. And that's all that's all I got now. Lessons learned. Before we go, though, as you know, big three got to talk about it. There's always going to be new people listening into these things. So we want to make sure they know about the big three. And we want to make sure you guys are getting it ingrained in your brains as the best way, at least for me, highly recommended as the best way to become a happier, more positive, less stressed human being than to spread that goodness to everybody else. Number one, exercise every day, whatever you got to do, burn the calories, get the body moving, get the endorphins and the chemicals, the good positive chemicals rushing, surging through your system pumping through your veins and your arteries and making you feel good about yourself to the point where you become physically, mentally, and emotionally better and more healthy overall. Number two, the hardest one to do that people still to this day cannot seem to get out of is to not be a shitty person. They're still finding themselves in these in this rut of the social media shittiness don't do it. That's it. It's the simplest thing concept to, to realize, but the hardest thing to do. I get it. Because you see someone post something and you just you have that emotional visceral reaction right off the bat. And you just want to just fire off a response. A fuck you. A, you're an asshole. You did this, this and that, whatever it is. And you can set it and forget it because it's just another profile on the other side. Right. Wrong. That's another human being on the other side. And you're not going to get anything. Nothing positive is going to come out of you being shitty to somebody on social media. No one's going to look at you and be like, oh, you're a good person. I want to be friends with you or I want to learn and grow with you as a friend, a, a, you know, a potential date, whatever it is, because I think you're a good person because you're an asshole to others online and you really showed them. 
even if you share the sentiment as as the person, even if I felt the same way as your post, don't I, I wouldn't post it. Don't post it. Try not to. It's hard. I get it. I have problems with it too. Believe me. But take the second to step back and think about the consequences and what it's gonna, you know, what's gonna happen and why you're even doing it before you before you press send or before you hit post or whatever it is. Because don't forget, it sucks when it happens to you. Because all the people see on the other side is what you're publicly putting out there. And then when it happens to you, what is what is the first reaction? Well, this person knows nothing about me. Why do they think I'm an asshole? They know nothing about me. They only know what you publicly put out there. And if you're putting out shit only, do you expect them to think you're a good person and, and not think you're an asshole? I don't. I don't expect that. But it still gets to you when someone's an asshole and they don't know anything about you. So now imagine it on the other side if you're an asshole to them. So think about it. Don't be a shitty person. Number three, the most important one, be genuinely thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your life. The most important one. All the things you have, all the little things. Just think of one thing a day that you're genuinely grateful to have in your life or to have experienced in your life, whether it's sharing a day of cartoons with your siblings or your friends or spending time with your grandparents watching those stupid, silly cartoons. I never get to do that again. Me, my brother Sticks, my sister, not Sticks. We never get to do that again. We never get to sit on the carpet and watch cartoons with Grandma Yolanda pumping Winston's out of the plastic Corel DeVille filter in the kitchen and my grandpa coming home late from this factory job to watch cartoons with us. We'll never get to do that again, ever. They're gone. Big Al, dead. Rest in power. Grandma Yolanda, dead. Rest in power. Can't do it anymore. But I was grateful for the time. I'll never forget it. And thinking about these cartoons made me remember it again. And made me more grateful for that time we actually did get to have. So think about those things, those little things that you may not think were important before. Take the step back. Again, this is what we say all the time. For no, no matter what the situation is, whether it's to not be a shitty person or to think about it, critically think about the situation, the first thing you want to do all the time is step back from your emotional state at that current time to assess the situation. To remove yourself essentially from yourself. Step back out of the emotional fog that you're in for whatever, whatever it is, happy emotions, sad emotions, angry emotions, whatever. Remove yourself from it. Back out of it. Take that second to assess the situation, whatever it is. And for, for this portion of the big three, you want to take that step back and realize that some of those little good things probably had a more longer-term positive effect on you, and you should probably be grateful for that. And that's really what we're getting at here when I say take that step back and think about it. And now that's all I got. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tell your friends and enemies about the Libretti Podcast Diary Show. I love the feedback. I like the interactions. I want to see more of it. 
Some of you guys have great inputs and ideas and jokes, and I, I want it. I love it. I want to see more. The other fans want to see more. They want to see more funny and more entertaining. And if you guys can bring the heat, bring the heat. Keep it going. And spread the good word so that we can grow this, this audience of positivity and goodness and entertainment and funny, funny shit. So thank you guys again. I love you all. Stay strong. <laughs>